0: Wait a minute, What what is that sound? The WSN podcast intro music again. How could that be? We just had a new podcast yesterday talking with Nate Wolfel about individual state wrestling this weekend. Well, we're back at it again today as it is a busy time of the year on the high school sports calendar. And this is going to be our boys basketball playoff preview. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WISports.net and your host for the WSN podcast each week, twice this week. We're going to be breaking down the boys basketball playoffs with our Hall of Famer Mark Miller, the boys basketball writer at Wisports.net and WBCA Hall of Fame inductee. Mark, how's it going?
1: It's going good. Staying busy, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely, all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff coming out on uh, Wisports. A couple of the uh, bracket previews already out, uh, divisional previews, and, and more to come, and a lot more to come. In the uh, next few weeks, as we sprint to the finish now, we've got really one, for the most part, one night of the regular season left uh, tonight, Thursday, and then uh, a few games here or there, Um, but for the most part, this is it for a regular season, and then we're full-on into it uh, next week. Three weeks of the boys' high school playoffs, and it is a sprint to the finish. On today's podcast, uh, we're going to break down each division. We're going to take a look at some of the big stories, some of the big uh, topics, players, teams, uh, things like that. Um, but before we get into that, Mark, any, anything that stands out that we still need to put a bow on this year, whether it's, uh, you know, some really interesting conference races that have some big games on the schedule, uh, on the final night of the regular season or, or anything else that we need to wrap up before we take a deep dive into the playoffs.
1: Well, there's lots of big games across the state on Thursday. You know, many of them will have uh, title implications. Um, of course, many of the conference champions have already been determined, but uh, whether those champions uh, end up uh, as undisputed winners or having to share the conference title uh, could be decided uh, on Thursday evening. And then, of course, we, we do have some conferences that uh, have two teams tied for first, uh, and they're going head-to-head and winner-take-all kind of game, like uh, Sheboygan Falls and Manitowoc Roncalli uh, are playing on Thursday, and they both have one loss, and within – um, the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. So it's a winner-take-all uh, game uh, in that game. Um, and there's a couple others like that throughout the state. But uh, uh, more often than not, it's, it's whether a team will have the title by themselves or whether they'll have to share it depending on the outcomes of games. Um, I want to give a shout-out also to uh, Chippewa Falls, which uh, secured the championship in the Big Rivers Conference um, on Tuesday night by beating Menominee and that's their first league title since 1988. So that is that 32 years that you got to go back uh, to, to the last time that uh, Chai High won Boys Basketball Championship. So, uh, and, and, you know, going into the season, uh, they certainly were favored to be among the competitors and challengers for the title. But, you know, with Eau Claire North and River Falls and Eau Claire Memorial and Hudson, I don't think that Chippewa Falls was uh, by any means a shoe-in to win that. So uh, quite an accomplishment for uh for uh, Chippewa Falls to win that
0: title. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the uh, longest uh, conference title droughts, if you will, that uh, that are going right now. So good to see them get off the, the schneid there. All right, well, let's get into it, Mark. We're going to start uh, at the smallest division in Division 5, and we're going to go division by division and, and get your thoughts on, uh, you know, some of the sectional favorites, some of the uh, favorites to get to state, sleeper teams, all kinds of good stuff. So... Let's get to it in Division 5, where obviously the big story is defending championship Sheboygan Lutheran, uh, I think, if I re- recall correctly, ranked number one wire-to-wire in the wispsports.net coaches poll. We've talked about D5 and, and where things might go here, but uh, break us down, maybe a few of the favorites uh, out, coming out of sectional play, and then maybe some sleepers that we could see as uh, teams that could make a run deep into the playoffs.
1: I think Sheboygan Lutheran is definitely the favorite to win. You mentioned that they were uh, number one ranked team wire to wire in our uh, coaches poll. And, uh, you know, they've done that while playing a pretty darn competitive schedule. Uh, You know, there were some questions around uh, Sheboygan Lutheran entering the season. They had lost uh, a couple double figure scores from last year's state championship team to graduation. And yet they brought back two outstanding players. Uh, well, actually, three outstanding players with uh, Jacob Ignacevic and uh, Jonah Jers and, and Casey Verhagen. But they did lose you know, some pretty good scoring punch uh, from their team from a year ago. But uh, Coach Nick Verhagen uh, has been able to to get the pieces in place and get some uh, really good contributions from some newcomers to go along with the three holdover starters. And here we sit. Uh, they sit with a 20 and one record. Their lone loss to uh, Usberg. And uh, they later avenged that loss on the road, Um, and uh, they've been downright dominant in many of the games that they have played, and of course a big reason for that is is Zeknacevic. I mean, he's averaging 38.3 points and 16.7 rebounds, uh, uh, leads the state in in scoring, and I think he's second in rebounding right now. So uh, certainly they're the team that everyone is going to have to beat uh, to win the state championship. Um, but you know within their own sectional, they got some good teams in there as well. Monticello comes in at twenty and one uh, winners of the eastern uh, division of the six rivers and have some size and some production from uh, guys like uh, uh, Peter Gustafson, who's a six three junior and he's a uh, averaging over 20 points and over six rebounds a game. Randolph is always competitive. Uh, um, Cambia Friesland is playing very well right now. They just beat Randolph uh, on the road. Houston uh, has, has a solid team. And then in terms of sleepers, you know, you can't count out Catholic Central or Hilbert. Um, both have sustained losses this year, more so than the other teams that I mentioned. But uh, because they play in such strong conferences and, and have proven in the past that that, uh, that toughness that they uh, have to compete with on a night-in, night-out basis to, to stay competitive uh, really plays well in the, in the tournament. So, um, But certainly in that section, Owen, and in the state itself, uh, I think Sheboygan-Lutheran is, is the team to beat. The one that I would probably give the, the best chance to maybe do that in the, in the state tournament would be Banger. As we know, they won uh, the state title two years ago. And Grant Mankey was a, a starter and a key player on that team, and he is back for his senior year. And at six-five and, uh, and very muscular and uh, very productive in the post, he's a guy that possibly could match up with Agnosevic, at least uh, make things uh, a bit difficult for him. So uh, I think those two uh, on paper are, are the top two teams uh, in the state in Division IV. Um, another team that I think uh, has a chance to make some noise um, despite the fact that they didn't win their conference title, is Thorpe. Um, they're coming in right now at 15-5, and five, and uh, Altoona won the Western Clover Belt, and they're a Division III school. And much like Kilbert and Catholic Central, Thorpe benefits from playing, from playing a schedule that pr- primarily is Division III and IV teams. And, uh, and they have uh, two college players, Isaac Sumas, uh, 6'6", senior. He's going to Southwest Minnesota State at Division II school. And then uh, uh, their other uh, college player is Ethan Rice. He's a 6'2 senior guard who can really score, and he's headed to Concordia and Mequon. So I look for them to, to make some noise, and, and even within their own sectional, they they likely uh, will have possible opportunity to play a, a conference phone, McDonald's Central, which we've seen at the, at the state tournament uh, several times now over the last few years, and they're 14-6. and six, and. Uh, play playing the same league as Thorpe, so uh, they're going to come in battle tested. And the last last time those two teams played, it was a one point game. So um, look for for look for that possibility uh, to exist. You know, as a as a potential uh, big game at the Division Five level prior to the state tournament.
0: You talked about a couple of those players that Sheboygan Lutheran lost from last year, and and want to take a second to give a big shout out to uh, UW Green Bay Sheboygan, who uh, just this past weekend won the uh, Wisconsin Collegiate Conference State Tournament uh, title with a couple of those former Sheboygan-Lutheran standouts. Delvin Barnstable uh, was the uh, the top player uh, for Sheboygan, or one of the top players, and Robbie Michael was also a key contributor on that team. So uh, certainly some big losses for Lutheran, but they've been able to uh, weather that storm, obviously, with a, a big-time Division One recruit, uh, some other very good players stepping in as well. You know, Mark, you, you talked about some of those teams that benefit from what we like to call the drop down effect, and we've seen that in the past in Division Five, perhaps most notably by Thorpe a few years ago when they came in with double digit losses to the tournament and made it all the way to the uh, state finals, and uh, you know took advantage of uh, competing against a very good Clover Belt Conference. Um, any any other teams that you could see in D five that that maybe have that drop down? Uh, fact that, that might help them in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, Blair Taylor uh, competes uh, in the small school division of the Dairyland, but they also play um, five games, or six games, excuse me, uh, in the crossover with the large Dairyland. So uh, they, they are playing against teams uh, with a, a little larger enrollment. Many of those schools are, are divisions. Uh, division four teams and uh, and Blair Taylor is 19 and two right now so they've more than held their own against that competition and then another team that uh, I think falls into that category is southwestern out of the swell conference and last year they they went into the tournament uh, with around a 500 record and uh, beat Wazika Steuben which was uh, uh, you know only had a couple losses so um, there are a few other teams like that throughout the state Um that uh, have that drop-down uh, benefit, I guess you'd call it, despite the fact their record isn't glittering. Um, they they have to go up against uh, really good teams all throughout the year, so their schedule, um, if they can survive it, <laughs> makes <clears throat> excuse me makes them tougher. You know, as we head into the playoffs. So um, I think southwestern and Blair Taylor would fall in that category along with Catholic Central and Hilbert.
0: All right. Well, let's move our discussion on to Division Four, uh, where. You know, certainly an, an interesting field this year. You've got uh, three undefeated teams, which there's only five left in the entire state in any division, uh, but you've got, uh, you know, some teams that have a loss or two or even three that uh, look to be very competitive, and as you look over the, uh, the coaches poll and just look down the roster of teams in Division 4, it sure seems like there's uh, a pretty high number of elite teams in Division 4 this year.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the only sectional maybe that doesn't have a quote unquote elite team would be sectional one where uh, I I listed Unity as the favorite and uh, Unity is a solid team, no question. They're 17 and three. But they're not a team that's been in the top couple uh, in Division Four in the state rankings throughout the year. Um, and then, of course, you know, you mentioned the three unbeaten teams, uh, two of which are in sectional two, uh, Stratford, which I think has been number two in the poll all year, and then Iola Scandinavia. They're both unbeaten, and then also in that sectional, you got Lewards Academy, which has one loss, and their one loss was in overtime to another really good D four team, uh, Roncalli, out of um, sectional. Uh, four, um, and and of course the other the third unbeaten team is in sectional three, and that's Cuba City, and they're 21 and 0, and um, you know they're they're have to go through uh, several teams from the Swall probably to get to Madison, including Darlington, Fenimore, Mineral Point, um, you know those teams are all very very good. So so teams like River Ridge, which won the Six Rivers, has a 17 and 4 record, our Palmyra Eagle, which won the Trailways South, and is 19 and 3. They're almost afterthoughts in that sectional because of the incredible strength uh, and depth within the squall, uh, led by Cuba City in uh, Darlington. Um, between the two of those teams, uh, they're 40 and two, and, and the only two losses were sustained by Darlington at the hands of Cuba City. So, um, you know, I, I, can Darlington possibly uh, beat Cuba City? Should they meet again? You know, it's always hard to beat a team three times. It's possible they just played last Friday and it was a ten point game that that Cuba won, but when you have two scholarship players on your team like Cuba City has, uh, it's 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 tough at the Division four level to overcome that. You know, Braden Daly, their six six junior, is going to be a Division one player. He's got offers from Green Bay, Milwaukee, and Missouri State already, and uh, with the spring and summer AAU season coming up, I would suspect that he'll probably pick up more offers. And then Brady Olson, their their, uh, senior point guard, who um, just does such a fantastic job in all areas of the game. I mean, his stats are very impressive at 16.7 points, 7.5 rebounds for a 6-foot guard, and 5.8 assists. And uh, Brady has a couple D2 offers from Parkside and St. Leo uh, and an NAI offer from Viterbo. So those those two guys, coupled with... uh, Players like Jack Miske, their 6'4 junior, who's averaging 15 and 7, and Jackson Knoll, another senior guard who can make long-distance shots and defend and move the ball. He's averaging uh, 11 points and 4 assists. That's a pretty darn good lineup, uh, and it's going to be tough to beat. But the one thing you can say about Darlington is they're – they won't be intimidated by playing Cuba city because they've played them twice already. And, you know, the coaches on both ends there are going to be devising uh, schemes to maybe try to stop the strengths of the other, should they meet again. Um, but you also have other teams in there that possibly could make some noise, including Fenimore from the swall. And uh, I had a chance to watch River Ridge. I really like their team. Uh, Cole Krubel a very good player four-year varsity player for, uh, for River Ridge. And, you know the one thing about Palmyra Eagle that's kind of interesting. Uh, actually, there's a lot of interesting storylines with Palmyra Eagle, and we, we touched on some of those earlier this this winter on on But um, Dwayne Wild is is coaching the team this year, and his grandson um, Brandon leads the uh, state right now in assists at 13.8 a game, which is you know, more than Tiny Archibald ever averaged. I mean, that's an incredible assist number. Um, And Dwayne had not coached at uh, Palmyra, the boys' basketball team, since 1990. Um, And they they pressed him back into coaching the team two days before practice started because the previous coach, Mike Miracle, took a job in in an adjoining district, um, as you know, the Palmyra Ego District, is, is, uh, there's a very good chance it may not be around next year. So the teachers within that school system uh, all had their resumes out, you know, trying to find jobs at other locations. And when one comes along, you can't really turn it down, particularly one that's uh, in the area. So Mike left and Dwayne came in and, you know, they're 19 and three and uh, conference champions. And, you know, they have two really good big guys. That's one thing that most schools at this level don't have is two two big guys. and Aiden Calderon is 6'4", but he's ex- extremely strong in the post, and he's averaging a double-double at 21 points and 10 rebounds. And then Danny Hammond, he's 6'6", and uh, gets off the ground really well, and he's averaging 16 and 8. So, you know, no one talks about those teams like River Ridge and Palmyra Eagle because they're in there with Cuba City and Fenimore and, and Darlington, but but they really are quality teams.
0: All right. All uh... right. In Division 4, I guess, we, we talked about this maybe last week or two weeks ago, but, I mean, is, is Cuba City a favorite, or is it a deep enough division that it's hard to peg a favorite right now?
1: Well, you know, keep in mind only four teams are going to make it. And, you know, with with, um, uh, with Sectional 1 being maybe not as strong as the other three sectionals, Um, That's likely who Cuba City should they make it, or Darlington, or one of the others. Um, I I would say that they would be favored to get into the championship game. Um, The team that we haven't mentioned yet, uh, uh, we we touched on Stratford a little bit, but uh, they're really good, uh, undefeated, and uh, you know, like Palmyra, they have two really good post players, and Ben Barton and Von Bright, and they and they have good overall size chandler schmidt is a is a backcourt player who really defends he's the son of coach kurt schmidt and he's he's about six two six three uh as a guard so uh that's a really solid team and and playing in the merriwood conference they they play a really good schedule playing the likes of auburn dale and edgar and marathon uh twice each um and then of course uh, down in the milwaukee area you got milwaukee academy of science which has two Division One players already signed, <laughs> and Kaleem Taylor going to Milwaukee and Darius Hanna going to Bradley, and they come in with an 18 and 3 record today, and um, you know, really talented lineup. In addition to those two players, Donald McHenry is a really good player. Monty Glossom has been a varsity player for coach keys at, uh, MAS for several years now. So, um, you know, you look at them and the talent that they have and what they can put out on the floor. And I'll tell you what, division four is really loaded with a lot of good teams and, and a lot of good individual individual players, probably more so than a typical year when you consider the number of potential division one players, whether it be basketball or in Stratford's case, you know, Ben Barton's going to Wisconsin, as you know, Travis on a football scholarship. So, uh, in the you know, Iola Scandinavia is another team that hasn't tasted defeat yet. And they have two or three kids that can definitely play at the collegiate le- level. Uh, Connor Kirke and Justin Siversen are their two seniors that have performed really well, and sophomore Parker Prahl is 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 also a double figure scorer for Sam Birch over there at Iola. So um, it's a fun. I think it's going to be a really fun division to, to watch. Um, you know, at the regional final level, certainly at the sectional, and then of course at the state tournament. There's a, a lot of different ways it could play out. But to answer your question, I, I would I would say Cuba City is a slight favorite, but um, probably over Milwaukee Academy of Science, and then I would throw Stratford and and uh, you know Lords is another really good team, uh, Roncalli uh we haven't talked about southern door you know they have a division one player in ryan claflin six six kid who's going to green bay so <laughs> you can just go on and on there's really a lot of good teams in this in this division this year
0: so as much as division four might be a little bit more open and, and more teams that you can see at the top and and uh, have really performed outstanding this year division three while there's a, a number of very good teams it Power has really consolidated around Racine St. Catharines, it seems. Uh, they've beaten Dominican twice. They've beaten uh, Martin Luther a couple times. They've beaten all comers. And uh, there's been a pretty good amount of fluctuation behind St. Katz in the polls uh, in the rest of the top five. But the constant has been Racine St. Catharines at the top of a uh, of Division three. So what are we looking for in D3 here?
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think St. Catharines is definitely the team that uh, will have to be defeated Um, To open things up, so to speak, a little bit, Uh, you know, having watched them play and 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 knowing their personnel very well and and how well coached they are and how hard they play on the defensive end of the court. uh, They just are a notch above in in that respect. And in fact, I I would put their team up against almost any team in the state and they may not beat every team, but I I think they'd be more than competitive. And, And what makes them so competitive is how hard they play defense uh, they just make it very, very difficult for opponents to to do what they want. Uh, and then, of course, on the other end, you you have, uh, you know, uh, boy, you know, it's hard to peg where these guys will end up in college. But certainly Tyrese Hunter and Kamari McGee, their two junior guards, will most likely end up Division I players. Tyrese, for sure. I think Kamari is going to end up as a Division one uh, point guard as well. And then you got Elijah Lambert, their 6'4 senior forward, who is is a really solid player um he's i think he's a d2 slash high level d3 kid and then uh jameer barker probably the forgotten guy in the con- in, in the conversation about the top players on their team he's a lengthy 6-2 lefty who can really shoot and uh, is athletic and is averaging about 14 a game he's another kid that i think can play at the collegiate level so you know, and then they, they have some size off the bench, um, you know, but what really makes them go is their guard play. Uh, Tyrese Hunter is electric on the court, whether he's throwing one down or knocking down threes or making a no look pass. He has a tremendous feel for the game. And he just knows when to make the pass. He doesn't waste dribbles, and you don't see that a lot these days. Guys are always pounding the ball, and uh, that's one thing I really appreciate about Tyrese's game. Is he? There's not a lot of wasted motion. His sense and feel for the game is really good, and you know he, he's a he's a capable scorer in uh, shooter. He had 41 the other night against Dominican, um, but I, I would say that, he, you know, that was probably uh, by far his best offensive outing of the year. Uh, he, he's a good shooter. I wouldn't call him a great shooter, you know, in the mode of a kid like Isaac Lindsay from Mineral Point, but um, uh, he, he, his athleticism and his, his ability to defend with his length and, and anticipation and his lateral quickness are, are very good. And I would say the same for Kamari. And, you know, Elijah Lambert is physical, so even though he's only 6'4", he he can body up and, po- in, and play tough against a kid like A.J. Vukovic from, a- from East Troy who's in the same sectional. So um, I think they are the team to beat. Um, but, you know, having said that, Martin Luther had him beat at their place uh, and, and ended up losing, I think, an overtime in a, in a game they really had won. So you know, you never know, maybe the shots aren't falling, they're getting frustrated because things aren't going well in the offensive end sometimes, as you know that that translates a little to the defensive effort. but um, and it, there's so many good teams in D in D3 as well that that are more than capable of beating them, uh, even within their own sectional when you look at teams like East Troy and Martin Luther and St. John's Military Academy. I mean, those are all really, really good teams, um, and uh, you know, on any given night, they, they certainly could pull the upset.
0: I'm not going to pull out the uh, the group of death uh, designation for that D four, uh, excuse me, D three sectional four, but that that is awful strong. You, you mentioned a number of those teams, and. Including teams like Lake Country Lutheran in there, Kettle Moraine Lutheran, Brown Deer. I mean, just a, a really strong sectional in Division Three. As we look over the rest of Division Three, uh, you know, in the western part of the state and the northern part of the state, what are we what are we looking for there?
1: Yeah, you know, just to go back to that for a second. I, I really didn't mention Dominican very much either, and that's you know, you mentioned Brown Deer, Lake Country, and Kettle Moraine Lutheran. That are all in the upper half of that. You know, I think in Division One, you, you could take four teams. Um, out of sectional two and have a, a really good state tournament. And I think in division three, you could do the same thing in division in sectional four. But, of course, the, the state isn't aligned that way. And, um, you know, we want representation from throughout the state, which is a good thing. Um, and, you know, when you look at the other three sectionals, um, you know, from different parts of Wisconsin. There are certainly good teams and good players in those sectionals as well. Um, you know, Prescott's a team that, that won the state championship two years ago and has been to the state tournament several times over the last few years under Nick Johnson. And they might have the best player that that very few people talk about in our state, you know, being so close to the border. Not a lot of people get a chance uh, to, to see Parker Nielsen play, you know, because he's right over there by the Minnesota border. But, you know, he's a guy that was a a key player two years ago on their state championship team and played up as a freshman as well. And, you know, he's going to West Texas A&M on a basketball scholarship. That's a division two school. And right now he's averaging 28.4 points, 4.8 rebounds and 5.4 assists in the middle border conference, which is a very competitive uh, conference. It includes new Richmond uh, among many others. And that, you know, that, that Those are some really good numbers. They also have a a 6'8 senior center who's really progressed well over the last couple of years, Jacob Doffing, and he's going to go to UW-Superior to play uh, next year, and he's averaging 17.7 and 9.9. Also in that sectional 01, you have Wisconsin Dells uh, in Mauston from the South Central Conference, and Dells is sitting at 20 and 1. Um, I happen to see the one game they lost this year, but that was against a Division II team, uh, Hortonville over at the over at the Jag. Um, you know, the thing with the Dells is you can't you can't focus in on one or two guys. They they have ex- excellent balance uh, among their starters, and they also have good overall size. Uh, led by Sam Millard at 6'8", uh, who's going to Platteville next year to play. Uh, he's actually their top scorer at only 11.7 a game. So, uh, you know, you have to account for guys like Bryson Funmaker and Brett Hurst and Riley Eck, the other guys that can really hurt you uh, from the Dells. And and Mawson, of course, has uh, Kate Hall, who is probably the best player in that South Central Conference. Um, you know, it's just a matter of can he get enough help to overcome the balance of a team like the Dells or Prescott. And then, you know, Altoona—they've uh, they, had just a fantastic year. A little bit of a surprise, I think, to, to win the Western Clover Belt. Uh, Paul Heinrichs, uh, in his first year as head coach uh, at Altoona, and has done a really nice job. And um, they're a team, I think, that's going to be back again next year with a lot of underclassmen that play key roles for them. And a couple sleepers in that sectional oh, would be St. Croix Central and St. Croix Falls. Um, you know, really solid teams, but. I think Prescott was probably the, be the favorite to come out of that sectional. Uh, another really balanced sectional is sectional two. Uh, when, when you're looking at teams like Wrightstown at 20 and one, uh, you're looking at Housburg uh, 19 and two, Freedom's 18 and three. Uh, Two of those losses came at the hands of Wrightstown and and both games were under two or three points Uh, Appleton Xavier 16 and five Sheboygan Falls 17 and four Uh, So you got some really solid teams. I, I would say any of those schools that I just mentioned, uh, uh, you know, if things go their way and they, they get guys playing well and maybe get some contributions from some unheralded players, I, I think any one of those teams could come out of that sectional and be a real solid represent representative at the state tournament because uh, they're all well coached. They all have kids that play a lot of basketball. They have decent overall size and, and good shooters, and, and they're programs that have really uh, – enjoyed a lot of success over the years so um, this this could be the year that Wrightstown pops through you know they've had good teams in the past and and ran into Xavier with uh, you know that great group they had that made it three years in a row to the state tournament and uh, so perhaps this is their their year to to break through and then sectional three uh, another really uh, balanced one where you you know it's not easy to pick a winner I mean Beloit Turner's at 17 and four uh, Edgerton same record seventeen and four. Lodi's put together a really good season at fifteen and six. You got Waupon in there and Columbus. Uh, those two teams are both solid. I, I think uh, Prairie de Sheen's playing very well right now, and Laconia's turned things around. And River Valley won the uh, the Southwest Wisconsin Conference. So uh, again, a lot of teams there that are capable of winning. Um, I think Edgerton might be the the. the the favorite at this point, Uh, they just came off a nice win on the road at East Troy and uh, their losses. They have three of them, but they've, they've been by the narrowest of (laughs) narrowest of margins. So uh, I really like their team. I think Clayton Jenny is a, is a really solid point guard and Nick Spang uh, their six, eight senior center has is as improved as any player in the state this year. He's really put forth a, a tremendous season for them. And, and a senior wing, Brian Roosh, he's headed to Beloit College next year to play college basketball. So, um, you know, some good players in their lineup. Uh, so, uh, you know, outside of the, the – well, I guess you'd even have to include the St. Catherine sectional. You know, there, you could point to, you know, three, four, five teams in each of the sectional that it wouldn't shock people to see play at the Kohl Center in a few weeks.
0: We're talking with Mark Miller, the boys' basketball writer at WSN. We're through Divisions 5, 4, and 3. And now we'll turn our attention to the one that I think has had the most people talking the last couple of years. And that's Division 2. You go back to uh, when Jordan McCabe uh, led Kaakwana to the state title. You go back to uh, the Deontay Long controversy and uh, transfers into Milwaukee, Washington. Um, you go back to last year with the transfers at Nicolet. This year with the transfers out of Nicolay and then back in, uh, you also have uh, uh, arguably the state's top player, Johnny Davis and LaCrosse Central there. Man, there's a lot to talk about with Division Two. So where where do we even start?
1: Yeah, I think uh, all those things that you mentioned are true, but uh, I think where you start in Division Two is on Alaska. I mean, they're, they're, they are, in my opinion, among the best coach teams in the state of Wisconsin year in and year out, and that's certainly the case again this year. They just maximize what they have, play at an incredibly high level on defense, and then never beat themselves on offense. You know, they just, they'll, they'll make the defense work. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times uh, teams take quick shots and, you know, with the dribble drive and, on, and the emphasis on the three-point shot and scoring in transition, uh, that, that can all be good and fun to watch. But breaking down a defense by just being patient on offense is what Onalaska does at an extremely high level. And then, you know, you look at their lineup, and there's no Johnny Davis, and there's no Jalen Johnson, and there's no Michael Foster. But they have uh, six, seven, eight guys that know how to play and will play at the collegiate level. Carson Arns and Tyrell Stutley are Division II players. I think Gavin McGrath, their 6'11 junior center, has got a chance maybe to be a Division I player. Sam Cook, their point guard, is certainly going to play at the next level. Uh, Victor Desmond's a 6'6 kid who, who is uh, really put together. Uh, you know, he comes off the bench. He's another kid that I think can play at the collegiate level. So, yeah, the fact that they beat Lacrosse Central twice already this year, uh, you know, lets people know that hey, they're they're no joke. And people knew that anyway. But um, you know, certainly the talk is on Lacrosse Central and Nicolet because of the star power of the individuals. But when you look at, at the best team, quote unquote, I think entering at least the playoffs. I, I would pick on Alaska now whether that holds up or not, you know a lot of things can happen in the playoffs so we'll have to wait and see but um, but certainly uh, you know you're you're most likely looking at a, a sectional semifinal matching lacrosse central in Alaska in a game that would be played at lacrosse logan uh and of course uh Alaska beat them twice as i mentioned during the mississippi valley conference season so you know it's a, it's that third time game again you know as are they able to pull off the trifecta or well johnny davis and jordan davis and terrence thompson and the rest of the guys at central rise up and and win that game and you know uh i don't know how you feel on this travis but uh uh uh, I think a lot of people in on Alaska would be really disappointed and would probably trade one of those wins they had during the regular season if they could beat them in the in the tournament because so much emphasis is placed on the tournament and I I, I you know that's just the way it is at all uh, basketball levels and you know it's probably not fair because you know what you do over a. The course of a long season within your own conference is a is is the testament and the, the measure of all teams but you know it's going to come down to that one game and then you know uh the winner of that game uh, won't have an easy game in a sectional final either they're probably looking at playing uh hortonville out of the fox valley association which as i mentioned earlier beat wisconsin dells and is in third place in, in you know a, a, a league that has nine division one schools Um, or Merrill uh, which uh, also competes in a division one conference in the Wisconsin Valley so uh, that sectional uh, is going to be watched very closely, as will the sectional with Nicolet um, in getting Jalen Johnson back a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, people wanted to know, are they the immediate favorite to win D2? And everyone kind of thought they would be. Uh, you know, and I, I I was a little hesitant to say that right off the bat because it takes a little time to, to mesh and to get uh, players' roles determined and, and now who's coming off the bench and, you know, what positions are all the guys going to play and, and how are they going to, how's the team chemistry going to Come together, but after seeing what they did last week to Grafton um, and winning by such a large margin against a really good team, it appears that uh, that Nicolay is certainly headed in the right direction. And you know, it's it's a team that's got three Division One players. I mean, first of all, they got Jalen Johnson going to Duke, top ten kid in the in the country in the 2020 class. And then you got Kobe Johnson, Jalen's younger brother, and James Graham uh, in the 2021 class, and, and both of those guys are going to be going Division One. So when you have three Division One players, uh, all who are at least six four or above, uh, that's that's tough to beat at any at any level, and um, whether it's Division One, Two, Three, Four, or Five, and, and that's what Nicolet brings to the table. You know, when you look at their road to the Coal Center, they're going to have to largely get through a bunch of North Shore Conference teams that they already have seen uh, in, in the regional and early sectional level, uh, unless Plymouth can, can upset uh, Cedarburg. Um, although Plymouth, I, I guess I really wouldn't call that an upset. Plymouth's a very good team. Um, but, you know, they, they play in a, in a league that's got a lot of D3 schools. And, you know, do they have enough to measure up against a team like Cedarburg, or if they get by Cedarburg, then they got Nicolet, most likely. Uh, and then in the upper half of that sectional, Seymour is the number one seed Bay Conference champion. Uh, John Murphy, has got a 600th win this year. His son Riley is an outstanding shooter. Uh, Mason Dorn, is, uh, I would give him the most improved player if we had one in, a, in the entire state with the way he's played this year. Six-one junior, averaging around 26 a game. Um, and he, you know he's a varsity kid in his third year, but his first two years, a uh, varsity competition didn't didn't uh, have any indication that he would have the kind of season that he's having. Um, and then you got West Appear in there and Eschwabenon, which is battling for the title in the Fox River Classic, and then Kokana, which uh, got off to a, a bit of a disappointing start, I would say, but is playing much better basketball right now and has been there before and has the uh, benefit of dropping down, as you mentioned earlier. Um, but certainly on paper, it's Nicolay's to lose. Uh, so then, if you have uh, on Alaska or Lacrosse Central and Nicolay, I think those two would be obviously your top two seeded teams, uh, you know, heading into the state tournament. And then, you know, we haven't even brought up the the, the other two sectionals. Um, you know, there there's not star power in the other two sectionals that there is uh, in the ones that we've discussed already, but, uh, there, there are certainly very good teams when you look at Stoughton and Monroe out of the Badger South and Reedsburg and DeForest and Mount Horeb out of the Badger North and Elkhorn, uh, out of the Southern lakes. Uh, Waukesha West is in that section of this year, despite the fact that they lost a lot off last year's team They're they're still a dangerous team, you know, so, uh, you know, that one's pretty wide open. Um, See a number of teams coming out of there, and I would say the same for sectional four, where you got uh, teams like Milwaukee Lutheran and Wisconsin Lutheran the two Wawatosa uh, schools and Eisenhower uh, Bayview, Pewaukee, uh, any of those teams if they get on a roll could, could uh, advance the state tournament. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, both teams that win those sectionals are, are going to be very, very good. Um, they won't have the uh, division one star power that uh, some of the other teams might have. But, um, you know, I, I would say that at this point I would make Nicolay the favorite. Um, and then, you uh, you know, if you're asking me to pick that winner on Alaska across Central, I think I'll wait until the day before that game just to make sure everybody's healthy and playing because uh, uh, it's it's a really tough one to pick.
0: All right, we'll wrap up our division by division uh, tour of the boys basketball playoffs by taking a look at Division One, and there's been uh, a lot of discussion, and, and a lot of the discussion is focused on. Um, okay, we'll we'll borrow Kurt Hogs. Uh, definition and call it the group of death, which would be sectional two in division one where you have defending champion Brookfield Central, you have Sussex Hamilton, you have uh, Milwaukee King who's undefeated, you have Bayport, um, you have Arrowhead who's only got one loss. You've got a lot of star power for uh, in terms of players, you've got a lot of star power in terms of top ranked teams. I think five uh, top ten teams are in that sectional alone. So, what do you like out of that sectional first of all, and then uh, let's let's get to some of the other ones.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, if you had a state tournament of Brookfield Central, Sussex, Hamilton, Heartland, Arrowhead, and Milwaukee King, people would be pretty happy. I mean, those teams are all outstanding with the, you know, conference championships and uh, high uh, division one prospects, and <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, uh, how many good teams are in there, and that doesn't even count. Uh, uh, a team like bayport you know which is is uh, likely going to win the uh, frvc conference so um you know Brook central beat sussex twice during the greater metro they would play if they did in the sectional final uh you know do they have their number Or will the third time be the charm for patrick baldwin and sussex hamilton should they get that far uh great questions uh, you know I, I will have to wait and see i i I, uh, I I kind of feel that maybe Sussex would get him a third time, but you know, boy, Brookfield Central sure has been playing well, and and. Uh you know, David Joplin's had just a fantastic season for them. Just got offered by Georgetown. Uh, he's a junior, about 6'6", 6'7". And Ben now their 6'2", junior guard, is, is also having a fantastic season. They're really well coached. Um, you know, uh, they're just a solid all-around team. A lot like on Alaska. They just play the right way. They share the ball. They defend. Um, and you can say the same about most of the teams in this sectional. Um, you know, it's uh, Brookfield East is another really good team in this sectional that – is more than capable of pulling an upset or two along the way. In fact, you know, you're looking at uh a regional final of brook east against milwaukee king in all likelihood um you know so one of those teams is going home uh with a lot of victories under their belt and, and not even getting to the sectional so uh you know and we we haven't talked much about arrowhead i mean they got carter gilmore who is definitely a, a strong candidate for mr basketball having a great season for for arrowhead um they got one loss on the year you know so uh You know, it's it's only one of those is going to make it to the Kohl Center. You know, who will it be? Um, I guess on paper, my gut feel is Sussex Hamilton. But I think I picked them last year and and, uh, Brookfield Central, of course, won the state championship. So, you know, that's the thing. You know, you watch a ton of basketball, whether it's high school or college or whatever. And the more you watch, the less, you know, I think, because they're. There's just so many things that can happen in a, in a game. Fall trouble, an injury, uh, a guy having a poor shooting night and losing his confidence. Uh, you know, there's just so many things that can go on that, uh, yeah, you know, it's hard to make that prediction. I mean, obviously, you can predict the early rounds pretty accurately, but when you get to the sectional level, it becomes a whole lot more dicey. And, you know, you could say the same for the other three sectionals in the Division One, but certainly sectional two is, is, is in a class by itself when you look at all the great teams in that sectional.
0: It was interesting to note this week in the WISports.net coaches poll that Madison LaFollette hung on to the top ranking in Division One despite an overtime loss to Madison East. And I think a big reason for that certainly is that the second-ranked team that potentially could have moved ahead of them, Madison LaFollette already beat Brookfield Central this year, giving the uh, Lancers their only loss. So uh, is Madison La Follette a team that can win a state title in – And get by that uh, really, whoever might come out of that sectional four, and of course LaFollette has to get there first, surviving potentially a rematch with East or a tough matchup with Sun Prairie or whoever it might be, Um, You know, do do they have what it takes to to beat some of those star power teams from the Southeast? Well,
1: it depends on the style of play. I think, you know, the the, uh, the game that they beat Brook Central at uh, in the WBI shootout, it was played on a college floor at Concordia. A little more space, a little more opportunity to get up and down, and the one thing La Follette you can't match La Follette at uh, is quickness and a uh, transition offense. Uh, with the guards that they have I mean they can really push the ball and they can hurt you from different spots whether it's getting all the way to the basket spotting up for a three mid-range shots um, and they can put extreme pressure on the basketball uh, for the full game so. Um, you know, uh, I think the bigger floor, uh, should LaFollette get there, would benefit them. But they don't want to get in a, in a slowdown game, uh, particularly against a team like Sussex-Hamilton, should they get there, um, or, or uh, Brook, Brookfield Central, uh, where, where size could hurt them. That's the one thing that, that LaFollette doesn't have a lot of, is size. Um, but, you know, in terms of just uh, pressuring the ball and playing at a, at a very quick pace, Uh, Not too fast of a pace because they they really uh, play at a fast pace, but it's under control. And that's a that's hard to do at any level. Uh, particularly at the high school level. So yeah, I, I, to answer your question, I, I think that they're more than capable uh, of winning it. Um, you know, but uh, they'll have to they'll have to get the tempo in their favor, and they've done a fantastic job of doing that all season long. You know, a game against East, um, you know, heck, uh, you know, it was a home game for Lafalle. They lost in overtime. I mean, East has a really solid team. They had they had all their guys playing. Uh, uh, you know, after uh, having Anthony Washington sit out for a while during the middle of season there, you know, uh, it's hard for any team to go 22-0 when you're playing the, the schedule that La Follette or, or the Brookfields or Sussex play. So I, I don't really see that as a weakness, per se, in La Follette. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, they got them on a particular day in overtime against a, a very big rival. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that could happen with Brook Central and Brook East should they play again. Um so I, I think LaFala does have what it takes to, to win it all. Um, but again, it's going to come down to tempo. Can they play at their pace? Uh, they don't want to get in a half-court game. And, you know, you mentioned some other teams in that sectional. Oh, there really are a bunch of other ones. I mean, they're they're looking at uh, even their regional final game. It, it could be very difficult. Madison West and Janesville Craig have been up and down all year. You know, they, they've made some really eye-opening wins West, for example, beating Milwaukee Academy of Science on the road. I mean, no one would have forecast that. In in Janesville, Craig's been more than competitive in a lot of games and has won more games, I think, than most people anticipated entering the season. So LaFollette's got a tough regional final game, but every team in this sectional is going to have a tough regional final game, uh, whether it's Sun Prairie or East or uh, LaFollette, uh, you know, Madison Memorial, another really good team that that could make a deep run. Um, so uh, I think La Follette's a favorite on paper, but these teams all know each other so well. There's so many big eight teams in here. And then you toss in a team like Wanaki out of the Badger North that likes to play more of that half court game, you know, that they could frustrate opponents and could make a deep run of their own. So, um, you know, I, I guess I would probably pick La Follette, um, but uh, there are other teams capable, just like in, in sectional four. You know, when you look at the, the Southeast Conference schools, and uh, you know, West Dallas Central out of the out of the Woodland, you got a couple city conference teams in there. Uh, Case came out as the number one seed. Kenosha Tremper, number two. They're both out of the southeast. Um, so very familiar with themselves, you know, with each other. Uh, I think West Dallas Central, being a three seed uh, and playing in the Woodland West, is going to be kind of the X factor because um, they play a different style of game than they do in the southeast and, and that could lead to some problems for those teams uh and of course they've had postseason success of late and then you, you toss in a greater metro team like market high which you know is middle of the pack in the greater metro but uh they can play almost any style whether it's uh you know an up-tempo game or or a, a slug it out you know grinder uh having face teams like sussex hamilton the two brookfield schools twice each should Um, so, and then of course up in the Fox Valley, you know, with uh, Kimberly comes in with the number one seed, but the the hottest team in that sectional right now is Nina. Uh, they're the number two seed, but, but Nina's coming off a a resounding win, uh, over Kimberly. Um, I I think Nina uh, right now is the team to beat, you know, Chippewa Falls is in there out of the, out of the big rivers. And, um, you know, this is that sectional that encompasses, you know, more than half the state of Wisconsin. When you factor in the, you know, Superiors in there, the Wausau schools are in there, Stevens Point, and then the the Appleton area schools, uh, the Oshkosh schools. uh, It's a huge area, a lot of good teams. But right now, I think Nina is the one to beat. So, you know, you're looking at a state tournament in D1 of potentially Nina and Sussex Hamilton and La Follette and and maybe maybe a Racine Case team. Uh, You know, it's funny, Case and St. Catharines don't play, but both teams, uh, uh, you know, they're in different conferences and different divisions, of course. But both teams have guys that will play scholarship basketball. Uh, Case has a little more size than Cats has, um, but uh, then they also have really good guard play. They're also a little younger, so mo- their best players are juniors and sophomores. You know, um, so can they overcome the jitters that young kids sometimes feel when they're in a sectional and they're in front of a hostile crowd and they're playing a team that they've already beaten twice? What that is isn't intimidated against them that that'll be the big question that case will have to answer as uh, it tries to get to the coal Center
0: all right Mark an incredible <laughs> wealth of information on all of the uh, the divisions and in many many of the teams and players that'll make up the boys basketball playoffs in uh, in less than a week now um, anything we need to uh, put a bow on any any final thoughts as we head into the opening games that start on Tuesday
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Tuesday, uh, I know the girls got started yesterday. And next Tuesday, of course, the boys get started. And uh, there are good games out there to watch. You know, uh, the eight, nine matchups are always intriguing. Uh, I would encourage people to get out and support high school athletics and support your local schools. and You know, be a part of the community and the high school uh, athletes that are putting forth these efforts, just like in all the other sports. Um, You know, their time is is short and uh, it's going to end for, for uh, most of the athletes, uh, you know, uh, after a regional week, they're going to be finished. You know, their high school career will be done. Um, so, uh, you know, you want to cheer them on and give them, give them your support as they go out there and try to represent the town and, and your high school community. Uh, as best they can, and then I think the other uh, kind of storyline as we head into the playoffs um, will be the Mr. Basketball award. Um, you know how how is that going to shake out if 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 uh, Central loses a third time to An Alaska, does the committee? Uh, Still, give the award to Johnny Davis, uh, or will kid like Carter Gilmore, or Jacek Nosovic, or uh, A.J. Vukovic, or uh, Dalton Banks, or some of these other guys? Will they emerge? Um, you know, if their teams make it uh, all the way to Madison. Um, so there's kind of that underlying thing. I'm sure Johnny's uh, not worried about that at all right now. <laughs> he just wants to get to the state tournament, and he doesn't care about individual awards. And actually, all the guys are like that. They just want to want the teams to win. But you know, as media guys and as fans of the game, it's it's always kind of an interesting storyline underneath it all so i think uh, you want to keep a close eye on what those guys do at the regional and sectional level to try to um, make your pick for who you think will win the award and of course we'll find that out the week of the state tournament so
0: all right mark before we let you go give us a rundown of what uh what folks can expect on withsports.net the rest of this week and uh and going forward for the playoffs
1: yeah, uh, you know these these previews for uh, for the divisions take a long time because you really want to research and, and not leave anyone out and uh, try hard not to do that. I know Norbert does with the girls too, and you know thankfully uh, so many of the coaches and, and programs in our state use WissSports.net for their to record their scores and stats. So we have a good you know, accurate uh, barometer. Of course, we'd like all the coaches to do that, but it's not not what is happening at this point. But um, you know, so I'll continue with those sectional or division previews. Uh, division five and division four are already up. Division three will go up later today, and then two and one will follow. And then, uh, of course, I'll be predicting all the games beginning next week. And. Uh, uh, tweeting out information on who's had big games and you know uh, that sort of thing. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big uh, uh, ride here over the next three weeks, uh, following teams at the regional sectional and then of course at the state tournament. But you know, after all these years, it's still a lot of fun and it's still uh, to see kids uh, get that opportunity to play on the big stage and the excitement that you see uh, coaches and kids and parents and students, you know, at the, at those sectional final games is always it's always fun to see.
0: Absolutely. And, and we really look forward to uh, following a, a really fun and busy and exciting three weeks coming up here as the uh, boys basketball playoffs uh, get underway. And of course, again, the girls basketball playoffs already uh, started. You've got team wrestling or excuse me, individual wrestling state tournament this weekend, team wrestling next weekend, the hockey uh, state tournament coming up very soon as well. So busy, busy time in the world of high school sports. Mark, uh, can't thank you enough for, uh, for joining us and in, in all of the uh, incredible wealth of information as always. And uh, of course, folks, be sure to check out Mark's stuff on wisports.net. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at WISBB Yearbook. He is Mark Miller. I am Travis Wilson. This has been a WSN podcast. We'll see you at a game.